Hey everyone, my name is Jeff Finley. This is the Maker Mistaker podcast. And today I'm going to talk about what I've been doing the last week on my Starseed tour, my cross-country road trip. And this is the second time I'm doing real, honest, vulnerable, off-the-cuff, straight-up, no-editing podcast recording. So you're going to get how I feel and where my vulnerabilities are at and what's my fears and what I'm going through, stuff that I don't really share publicly, and this is the kind of stuff that I'm really scared to talk about. But I have a strong sense that I really need to do this. I really must do this, uh, record a podcast this way. So let's just get started. So I actually like to go through my journal entries of the past week. And so last week I left off at Circles Conference I was hanging out in Grapevine, Texas with my friends there for the conference. And, and um, if you listen to the last episode, I kind of give you a little bit of a brief of what happened there. But so the last day, um, I'm just going to get right into it. So here's the notes I took from the last day of Circles Conference. And so as you know, I am, you know, I've currently no, I'm not working at Go Media. I'm not running Weapons of Mass Creation Fest. I'm no longer married. I uh, Kim and I broke up like a year ago, and we finally moved out, and we're and we're going through the divorce process. So I have been awakening to my new life as a single person, a single man, and who am I as a man? And and I've gone around the country, and the primary purpose and feeling that I want to do is connect with women. And and I just as much as I feel kind of embarrassed to say that, that seems to be my strongest interest right now and i'm sure i love going to nature i love checking out cafes and local restaurants and and seeing the sights and everything like that but the thing that really inspires me is 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 connecting with women and and i have some more insight into that that i've found this week on why that is and so i'll get into that so just a really brief example at circles um I hung out with my friend Alicia almost the entire weekend and we came up with a dance routine and it was really fun and it was awesome and inspiring and it was really good to connect with her. And then, but there, and then there was also this one girl that I saw one on the very first day she came in and I was just immediately like inspired to talk to her, but I had fear and I was like, I don't know. I don't think I should talk to her. You know, no, no, no. I have no reason to talk to her, but I just had that, that, feeling that when you see someone right away you just get this inspiration to talk to her like whatever it is you want to get to know her so I just kind of kept that cool kept it to myself but then as the conference went on I kept seeing her and I kept seeing her sitting by herself and I was like man I really ought to talk to her but I don't really know what to say and I and I feel like I, I kind of sense that I know she's a starseed and so the whole starseed thing is like this belief that you're you're kind of here on this planet for a mission you're, you're kind of incarnate here on earth you believe that you're here to either help humanity or you've got some sort of special purpose on this planet. And whether you're not you're awake to it or not, that's a different story. And so also the whole Starseed thing is a, is this kind of belief that your soul has a galactic lineage that has had many, many, many lifetimes, not just on Earth, that you've lived in different galaxies and different star systems. Your soul has been around the block. So... I feel like I can spot a star seed when I see one. I'm getting more intuitive on that. So this girl I saw, I thought she was a star seed, and I want to talk to her about it. And finally, on the last day of the conference, I, I mustered up the guts to actually go introduce myself, and I did, and asked her about and told her, you know, about the star seed tour, and asked if she knew anything about star seeds, and she's like, uh, no, but she actually seemed quite interested when I was telling her all about it, and so I told her all about the trip and some of the adventures that I had, and. She seemed so 
um, enthusiastic about it that I thought it was kind of cool. And that's all we did. That's all we did. We talked. Um, I gave her my card and said, if you want to hit me up later, if you've got dinner plans, feel free. But that was the last I ended up talking to her. Um, we ended up following each other on Instagram, and that's it. So that's as far as that went. But I think that my purpose in that was possibly to plant a seed of, you know, awakening. Who knows? Like, I don't know. I don't really get the ultimate purpose of that, why I was inspired to talk to her. Um, so maybe that was it. And then one of the mornings I I woke up. This is different. This is not about girls. But I woke up and I had the inspiration that I needed to write a book about how to start a conference. And as you know, I've ran a conference for five years. I no longer run Weapons of Mass Creation in Cleveland. But I've, I know a lot about starting and running a conference. And I know several other conference organizers that I can collaborate with. And it just occurred to me, you know, like, why don't I take all this knowledge and put it into a book and sell the book? And maybe that can be something that I can contribute. And if that sounds something interesting to you, you know, email me, let me know. And on the, the last, last day of the conference, right before I left to go to Austin, I stopped at the Sean West meetup and met my friend Simeon Hendricks and his wife Haley there. And it was a good conversation. I talked to Sean and he, he's actually, I told him about writing a book on conferences and he's actually thinking of putting on his own. Um, and he was asking me for some tips and stuff and giving him some good advice. So like my three tips for running a conference is, um, you know, it's all about the attendees for sure. Um, keep them for, you know, what the experience is for the attendees, keep that in mind. And, um, the speakers that you book, make sure you bring up a diverse roster. Um, even go out of your way a little bit out of your comfort zone to put in people that you don't know, or you've never heard of that, um, give your lineup a fresh perspective and, um, yeah. And take your budget and put it towards your speakers and your hospitality, because that's the thing that people remember the most. And, yeah. And Simeon gave me some great advice about traveling. And he's he's such an inspiration because he sees like my potential that I sometimes don't get a chance to see myself. And he was telling me that that I can travel and this could be my job. Like I could travel the country and actually talk to people and find inspiration and get paid for it, like getting sponsors to pay for it, getting um, creating retreats in different cities and getting sponsors to pay for that and attendees to kind of connect and pay for tickets. And we come and we kind of get together and we have a little mini conference or mini retreat get together for healing and discussion and deep conversation just like this. And I thought that was really inspiring. So anyway, I left Grapevine. I went to Austin, um, Austin, Texas. And so I had been going up and down with some emotions on this girl that I really liked in, um, you know, her name's Krista. And so she and I have been talking a lot before we got together in Los Angeles. We texted back and forth and we emailed and she reads my blogs and I follow her on Instagram and, and I know her work. And um, so we became really good friends and we both had internet crushes on each other. And when we found that out, it was like such a cool realization. I was like, all right, exciting, super exciting. So we met each other in Los Angeles and I told you about uh, the heartbreak that I experienced not necessarily like it's the kind of heartbreak that you do when you've got a really great connection with someone and you know you've got to leave and you have to separate even though you still like love each other so to speak um so that's what happened with her but and now she's in thailand and she's um doing her thing you know she's a free spirit figuring out her life and she's triggering a lot of emotions in me and my insecurities and my jealousies and i just 
you know, notice that keep popping up. And I'm like, why do I feel like I'm constantly trying to get her attention or constantly trying to impress her? And, you know, and, and I'm, there's some things that I'm frustrated about, but why do I feel like I'm still attracted to her? And it's really interesting for me to, to dive into this. And there was a book that came into, or a YouTube playlist that came into my awareness when I was in the hotel. And it was called Codependency and Narcissism. And, and I definitely recognized myself having codependent traits and being attracted to narcissists. Not necessarily that Chris is a narcissist, but, but in my case, like the codependent has traits like pleasing, you know, working hard to, um, win the approval of another person, especially someone that they really like or they're impressed by or they admire. They want them to like them back. So it's almost like they can walk on eggshells and it's hard to actually be themselves because, and they're constantly worried about how, what the other person's opinion is of them. And it's just interesting that I, that, that came into my awareness. I, I learned a lot from it. Not necessarily, not that I want to put people in buckets like you're codependent or you're a narcissist. I think that we all kind of have these traits, um, different times in our life and stuff, but I wanted to know, oh, I had definitely noticed that I had some narcissistic relationships in the past with me and how I, me as a, as a healer type, as a lover, as a person who wants to help other people and, and I like to inspire other people and I can handle other people's problems and listen really well. I attract people that complain and they have a lot of problems <laughs> potentially. And then, yeah, we make great partners for a while, but then I end up feeling drained, you know, like it's an energy drain on me. And I sometimes have to have issues with setting my boundaries and telling people, telling people or letting people know when I'm uncomfortable. But it's really hard for me to set my boundaries because I'm afraid of upsetting people or rocking the boat or, or, um, tipping over the apple cart, so to speak, and burning bridges. And I don't want to hurt somebody. And, and so those are things I've been dealing with as well and healing through and getting better and setting my boundaries for sure. It's been a huge lesson for me the past couple of years is setting boundaries and becoming, um, strong in my own truth and integrity instead of worrying about approval of others so much and that's been huge for me um so the guy who did the youtube video wrote a book called the human magnet syndrome which i listened to on audible on an audiobook on my way to one of these stops i forget but it's a, it's actually really good if you're interested in psychology and how we attract people that trigger us and I believe that it's kind of for our own healing. We attract people that bring up issues and wounds that we've had in our past that are here for us to recognize, become aware of, and integrate and heal. So we don't continue to attract those same kind of people into our life, or the same same problematic <coughs> sorry, same problematic issues. And right around the same time, I was also reading a lot, a lot of Alison Armstrong. Um, she is an amazing uh, teacher, educator, author uh, of relationships, men and women. She's got a ton of stuff on Audible, and I've listened to every single thing that she's put out. And she's the book that I ended up reading was In Sync with the Opposite Sex, and also Celebrating Partnership, and Understanding Women, and Keys to the Kingdom, and uh, there's another one called uh, Celebrating Men. It's, so it's... She's fantastic. She's, she loves men. She's not a woman that, that criticizes men. She, she really believes in the power of partnership between a man and a woman and embodying the true masculine and feminine. Okay. Like, of course, we ought to be balanced, masculine and feminine. You know, that's a good way, good goal. But I think <clears throat> for 
amazing, loving, and healing relationships, you can relax into your masculine or into your feminine without having to, to really work so hard. But so, yeah, I loved Alison Armstrong's book, Celebrating Partnership. So this is another like aha realization. I keep reading books about love and relationships and sex and attraction and uh, healing. So these are the types of things that I'm really interested in on this trip. And right around this time, uh, Krista actually texted me and she sent me an image. Uh, it was a, a picture of text and it said, surround yourself with those on the same mission as you. Just thought that was interesting. But that'll come up in a, later. So then I'm, I'm in Austin, which is coincidentally uh, Krista's hometown. She just happens to be in Thailand. Um, and her and I were missing each other. It's kind of like I'm in her stomping grounds and she's not there with me. It's kind of weird. And, um, yeah, but the people I stayed at the Airbnb in Austin were really, really cool. And I think I just built some new connections that I'm going to have for a long time. Uh, Simran Raj and her roommate, Andrea, we talked for hours that first night about spirituality, about conspiracy theories and star seeds and, you know, aliens, ETs, divinity. We did tarot. We, we did a couple, we pulled a couple tarot cards. And the two tarot cards that I that I got, which I believe are like, you know, you kind of shuffle the deck and you yeah, you take out a card and it's kind of meant for you in some way. So I did two cards and one of them was about, it was called like the Song of the Siren or something like that. This was a mermaid tarot deck. The Song of the Siren, it was all about singing and it was all about how I'm preventing myself from singing and expressing my gift because I feel like I can't sing and I haven't been able to, I've been too embarrassed essentially to sing and to express my feelings in that way. And wow, that is actually really true. <laughs> it was it was kind of an encouragement to to tell me that I I can step into that fear, step into that into the into the singing and see where it might take me and to not be so ashamed of my voice. I don't know what my why I'm ashamed of my voice, but you know, I think we all are. We don't like how it sounds, we don't like how we sing. We don't have any talent. Why should we, who are we to do it? But yeah, that was just one thing. And the other one was sanctuary. And it's, it was all about boundaries. It was like, you deserve to have your own sanctuary where no one can enter. And you can, you are the, the master of it. You decide who you let into your inner sanctuary. And that was super healing to receive that card too. It was like, okay, perfect. Then the next morning I went on a coffee chat with Andrea. We talked all about relationships and love and love languages and, you know, my love language is, uh, is words of affirmation and physical touch is a close second behind. And so it was interesting. We're talking about like, you know, our past relationships and what we're, tr who we're trying to become now and what, we're, who we're attracting into our life. And, and it's super meaningful, deep conversations. I think it's, I just love connecting with these people. Like it's just means so much to me to connect deeply with another human being and to connect deeply with another woman. I mean, they're so different. And they're so special to me. I feel like they are amazing, amazing beings on this planet. And there's a reason why I'm attracted to them in this way. I believe there's a, there's a, a greater purpose for that. And I'm kind of learning to figure that out right now. I ended up going to this restaurant called um, the Casa de Luz, recommended by Krista. And it was like an awesome vegetarian uh, spot, you know, and really a healing place. There's a lot of meditation and healing and, and energy work that goes on in that location. It's surrounded by trees and nature. And so I love places like that, and it's really peaceful. 
And then one of the nights I was bored and I decided to start sketching my ideas for these uh, starseed patches that I want to make, you know, with the different star systems on it and like an icon or an illustration and and possibly do a Kickstarter for it. So I was asking my friend Gigi, who's really well versed in the different ET races and starseeds, and like what would be a good characteristics for each of these ones, like the Pleiades, the Syrians, the the Lyran, the Lyrans or Lyrans, um Arcturians, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and she was giving me good descriptions. And, and coincidentally, I was actually at a cafe called the Starseeds Cafe <laughs> in Austin, Texas. And I made my, made sure I made it my way there. And it's such a total dive diner, dive bar diner. And it's got, they're playing punk rock on the radio. The server was a total, you know, old punk rocker. And, and it was like, you know, it has nothing to do with Starseeds the way I know about it. So it's just kind of ironic. And then, after that, I uh, went to Nature's Treasures, which is a huge crystal shop and metaphysical shop, you know, bookstore. And uh, I was a tr- I was drawn to go there. Well, first Krista recommended it to me, made sure I had to go there. And I, I knew that I had a reason to go there. I wanted to meet with another psychic. So I did one in Sedona, met with a psychic. But this time it was in Austin. And I waited for the psychic to show up. Her name was Thumper Donnelly. And, and we just had a great connection right off the bat. And she could sense my teacher energy, my healer energy, my inspirer energy. So she, before she even knows who I am, she's already telling me about like what kind of path I'm on, you know. So I ask her. Well, <laughs> I have to I have to take a step back here for a second. And so Simran Raj, one of the women who I stayed with at the Airbnb in Austin, she sent me a, a, an image, a text image. It says, "Surround yourself with those on the same mission as you." just the same exact text that Krista sent me a week before. And except her her image has some images of a lion on it, a pack of lions. Surround yourself with those in the same mission as you. So I'm like, oh, wow, this is the second person that has sent this to me. Okay, must be kind of relevant for me, right? So I asked the, I started asking the psychic about why am I on this trip? Why am I obsessed with women? Is it just because I'm newly single and I'm horny and I just want to like talk to girls all the time? And she says... No, you are building your tribe. And I was like, oh, I just got this wave of chills when she told me that. And knowing that those other two people sent me those pictures of surround yourself with those in the same mission as you. She said there's a greater purpose for me connecting with all these women. And she said when women get together, there's a powerful surge of creativity and strength. And and per, and I'm also building my network of people across the country of potential um you know, collaborators in on a future project that I might be engaging in. Or maybe I'll be creating little retreats in different parts of the country and I'll have people in different cities like Sedona and Austin and stuff like that. So, hey, that sounds cool to me. I mean, it gave me a lot more clarity and like peace and knowing that I'm meeting these women for a, a bigger purpose and it's not just me and my vulnerabilities. I But that is part of it too because she said that there's... I have different relationships and they're some of them are about healing, healing my own wounds, my own emotions and my sexuality and learning and understanding, um, talking to women in a very profound, deep way and getting to understand how, how we're all sort of in this together and how the relationship between the feminine and the masculine operates and where I sit, where I am in that spectrum. And I just love being present for uh, a woman and having her describe to me her feelings and her emotions and her vulnerabilities and I'm learning so fucking much 
that it's just so inspiring. So, and yeah, then I'm on my way to Houston. And funny enough, on my way to Houston was because there was a woman who emailed me, uh, replied to my blog post. Her name's Megan. She, um, she replied to my blog post and she re- really resonated with a lot of the stuff I was talking about with, um, with love and being in a state of wonder and attracting, um, attracting positive experiences into your life because you're so full of wonder and gratitude with and, and kind of let go of attachments. You don't have any expectations and you just can wander freely through life and go with the flow. And she really resonated with that. And she, and I was like, Hey, I might be passing through Houston. We should, you know, I'd be happy to meet up. And so we did meet up. We met up at True Foods in Houston after a six hour drive. And she was just a very beautiful being. Like she was so inspiring and we connected on a, on a really profound level. We ended up talking for two, three, I don't know, four hours that night. And we just shared so much. And it's so funny because I asked her about, I was like, she, she was making some references. Like, she's like, oh, men are single focused. And um, she would say stuff like uh, love language. You know, she would say those words. And I'm like, okay, so she's familiar with the love languages. So I asked her what hers is. And hers is words of affirmations, just like mine is. And and she's also said physical touch is like a close second, just like mine is. And I asked her, her personality type, her Myers-Briggs personality type. She said she's an INFP, which is exactly the same type as me. And we were just like, holy cow. Like, I can't believe that we're like so similar. And it's like I knew it intuitively that I had to meet this woman. And I drove to Houston specifically to meet with this woman and see what she had to say. And, and I just knew that it would be a good interaction. So I allowed myself to surrender to that feeling of intuitiveness, to that feeling of uh, curiosity and love, and just let it draw me to whoever it is I need to meet. And um, so this was a really inspiring interaction. I mean, and it was just, yeah, I mean, it was awesome for just a short time. And then we had to part ways and say goodbye. But I don't think that that would be the last time I see her. Um, One thing that, um, let me back up a little bit. Krista had been telling me that I need to create a Facebook group to connect all these people on my trip. And I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds like an interesting idea, although I'm not really using Facebook that much. And then she said, uh, she, she reminded me a couple of days later, like, dude, you really got to create that Facebook group. And then when I went to the, the psychic who told me I'm putting together my tribe, she told me I need to put these people together in a safe place so I don't lose them, the contacts, and also maybe that they can connect and collaborate as well. And so that's just like three times of this affirmation that I need to connect these people or create a group or something to build this, build this small network. So I did, I created my uh, secret Facebook group of people that I'm meeting along the way. And if I feel like they would like to be part of the group, I'll go ahead and invite them to it. Um, but we don't know what the ultimate purpose of this group is yet. We're all kind of figuring it out. So yeah, and on my way to, um, so I left Houston on my way to New Orleans, and I had a, a little small realization that I'm just an extra in everybody else's movie. So if I'm walking around feeling kind of lonely, hoping somebody would talk to me, and I'm just like this guy walking through a city or sitting at a coffee shop on my on my laptop, like I'm not really very important necessarily to other people around me. They are in their own separate worlds with their own lives and their own vulnerabilities and fears and goals and aspirations which is like obvious right 
But then when it hit me with this realization, it's like, okay, I'm actually just like an extra in their movie. They're the main star in their movie. I'm sort of this, I'm not even a supporting actor. I'm, I'm, I'm just an extra. Until they kind of choose to engage with me, then I become sort of a supporting actor in their, in their movie. And I thought that was a really cool realization. And so here's a, here's a good example. So I get to New Orleans and I show up kind of late and the area that I'm staying at in the Airbnb is a kind of a sketchy neighborhood. Um, I've never been to New Orleans before, and I get into the Airbnb. Unfortunately, the hostess isn't even there. She's busy, so I kind of uh, meet the other house guests, and they're not really interested in talking. So I'm like, okay, I'm not feeling a connection with these people either. And I was feeling kind of down and, and kind of like blah, and I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't know where to go. It's dark. I'm in a bad area. Where the heck am I going to go? But I was hungry, and I needed some dinner, so I looked up a vegetarian restaurant. Fortunately... There was one called the Sneaky Pickle, like right kind of close by me. So I drove there, standing in line at this at this uh, vegan vegetarian restaurant. And a guy comes up to me, and he's in the line as well. He's like, I really like your patch. And he's pointing to the patch that says, Not Afraid of Love, which that patch has initiated several conversations now that have usually been pretty good. So I was like, oh, thanks. I said, yeah, are you from New Orleans? He's like, oh, yeah. And I said, oh, I'm on a trip. I'm from Cleveland. I'm I'm just visiting. I just arrived a few hours ago. Yeah, I'm totally new to this town. And he's like, oh, okay, what's your trip all about? So then we get to talking, and we order our food. And he's like, he finds out I'm on this trip for, like, he's just totally inspired by why I'm on this trip. You know, I and find, following my heart, my curiosity, my passions, and being guided by this force that feels bigger than myself. And and so he was like, whoa, totally cool. And I ended up telling him that I had to go to the Monroe Institute, which is the where my last stop on my trip is in Virginia. And it's like this out-of-body consciousness exploration workshop for five days. And he's like, whoa, what the heck, you know? And I'm telling him all about OBEs and lucid dreams. And he's like, oh, I think I've had those. And we're really connecting on this level. And then we, he's like, can I sit down and talk to you um, for a brief minute, you know, while I wait for my food? We talk, and he's he tell he we relate on these types of levels. He tells me he's uh he's actually a big fan of Ram Das, who's a spiritual teacher, a spiritual guru, if you will. He's written a bunch of books. One's called Be Here Now, amazing book. I recommend. It's kind of psychedelic. Um, but he's actually leading a retreat in Hawaii in a couple of weeks, and and this man is going to it. So it's like cool, awesome. And he talked about Terrence McKenna and some theories of reality and why why we're here on this planet. I mean, we had these awesome discussions and. I'm like, I just feel blessed and gifted that I got the chance to experience this. And I decided to take a, a venture out and go to the place that when I wasn't really, uh, go to this restaurant. And I wasn't trying to meet anybody. I was an extra in everybody's movie until this guy decided to engage me. And now I'm sort of a, a sub-character in his, in his film, <laughs> in his movie of life. And he, I gave him my card and he left with a big grin on his face, like totally stoked. And he was so grateful that he met me and he was appreciative of me. And it was like, what a beautiful interaction. Like, I'm so happy that we had that. And then another thing came on the next day. I decided to go, you know, like, I'm not going to leave New Orleans without visiting the French Quarter. So I decided to visit the French Quarter. I drove down there and, you know, got a, I bought a hat because it was so fucking hot out there. I needed to get something to protect my head from the from the sun and walked around decided to go get lunch so i looked up a vegetarian restaurant and found a place called seed 
And so I stopped there. I ate. I got an amazing, like, raw pad thai. Super good. After that, I um, walked across the street, and there was this juice bar, like a smoothie slash juice bar. I walked in there, and I saw real quick that the smoothies were $9. I'm like, oh, damn it. I'm not going to get that. And I was like, wait, just just chill. You know, whatever. I can I can afford this. You know, the universe is here to support me. I'm going to get this. So I'm standing in line, and then the server decides to start asking people what they want, you know, like kind of getting everybody's order all at once. And and I t- tell the woman next to me, she's probably she's got to be in her 70s, and she's like, and I tell her, I said, how is she going to remember all this stuff? And she's like, oh, th- that's amazing how, how, how you get when you've worked somewhere for so long, and you can like, you know, you can remember all that stuff. And and I asked, I was like, yeah, are you, are you from New Orleans? And she's like, yeah, and so we start talking. I tell her a little bit about my trip and we start really kind of relating on she's traveled the world you know herself she's she's such a, a a lively woman and she's she grabs my hand and she starts reading my poems and I'm like what okay so she tells me like you know based on my poems and my head and my heart line I don't know much about poems but I've been told that I have a pretty rare um, palm line a simian line on my hands which means like my head and my heart line are merged and so she said like you have a hard time separating your thoughts from your emotions and they're kind of merged. Your head and your heart are together, which is a good thing and a bad thing, you know, blessing and a curse. Go figure. But it was so cool. And she starts telling me all sorts of other things that I forget now. But I said, how long have you been reading poems? And she said, since she was like 13. And because she was such a shy girl that at, at parties, she would always, she would never be able to talk to people. So she learned how to read someone's poem and she would read one person's and then people would start coming up to her to talk to her. And it was a great way to meet people. And I thought that was so awesome. Like what a, what a great way to meet people. Like I want to learn how to read poems. It's so totally up my alley, right? Why not? Let's do it. (laughs) And so that was a good interaction, totally spontaneous. And I felt I left New Orleans feeling really grateful. I was heading up to Columbus, Georgia, and which I'm on my way up north to Virginia, right? And I was going to, so I'm going to stop in Columbus, Georgia and see my old pal, Mike Jones. He's the founder of Creative South uh, Design Conference. And so we had dinner. We met at Chili Thai. He hooked me up with a hotel discount, which was super cool of him at the Marriott. And so Columbus is like a second home to me. It's I've been to every single Creative South for the past five years, and so I, I go there once a year, but this is the first time I went there, like in the off season. So not in not in the conference time of year, but in September. And so I got to see the city a little bit, and, and we, me and Mike talked and shared stories. You know, we got to really connect on a deeper level for as far as men goes. You know, so it's like, all right, here's a good male to male interaction that I've had. And I got back to the hotel, and interesting, it was such a weird feeling, like. I got back to the hotel. I look at my phone. I have no text from any of these girls I've been connecting with, and I'm just feel. I start to. I just get this big feeling of loneliness all of a sudden. Like, ugh, I just feel like insecure, lonely, triggered. Like, why? What the heck? You know, it's like I'm wondering what they think of me. If they want to talk to me, why haven't they replied to me? And I just feel start to feel this bad feeling. And then, of course, then I get this uh, idea that I can just look at porn. And so I'm like, okay, whatever. So I go on my phone and I'm looking at porn and it, I don't have any problems with it. And so I haven't talked about porn a lot on my podcast. I've mentioned it maybe here and there. But this is something that I've been dealing with as part of my healing, my sexual healing. And 
my sexual awakening. Um, so for the large part of my life, I've been sexually repressed, in my opinion. Like, I haven't been able to really express who I am sexually. It's I've been too much for my partners or intimidating, or I haven't been matched with a person who matches my my vibration sexually. Like, I mean, to just be straight up, I haven't been with a partner who who allow who wants to have sex with me very much. Um, maybe in the beginning of the relationship, but in my marriage, it was largely a sexless marriage. And, you know, while my wife and I had a really strong companionship and a, and a strong bond there, we just weren't sexual together. And that hurt. That hurt me a lot. And after enough rejection, I decided to sort of turn that part of myself off. And that's when I started looking at porn a lot more frequently, too, because it was the only way I can access my sexuality without being judged. And so I dove into the porn world for a while, just like casually, you know, I, I ended up building a habit maybe maybe once a day at the, at the most, probably once or twice a day at the most. Um, but I wouldn't say my porn habits are much different from a lot of guys. But for me, I felt I still felt ashamed that I did that until I came out and talk, talked to the, the folks Mayan and and Lauren at the, on the Glimpse of Brilliance podcast. Actually, it was called Pillow Talk when I uh, when I went on their podcast. That was the first time I actually came out publicly and talked about porn. And I was following the No Fat movement. I was following the Sacred Sexuality movement. So like, I'm trying to trying to reconcile my spiritual beliefs and the fact that I use porn and how it fits into my life and why I'm why I feel like I'm not attracting partners who who desire me in that way and like what's the deal what have i what am what's going on inside me so this has been something that i've been very interested in so my sexual awakening is is kind of happening and i'm starting to learn who i am as a man and as a sexual person um, finally without being judged and that's the scary part like coming out and feeling like i can be a sexual person without being judged is scary as hell and also liberating so you might be hearing me talk more about that if you've ever read the books no more mr nice guy if you've read david data's books about the way of the superior man yeah those are the stuff i'm talking about like growing up being a nice person being and having great relationships with women but they're not sexual and you're wondering why why is that that's that's why i'm what's what i'm studying and that's that's going to change for me i can already sense it changing for me so and and me getting a chance to own my sexuality and not be afraid of it. And I think that I'm a very intellectual, very emotional, heart-centered, spiritual kind of a person, but like the earthy, carnal lower desires, it's like something I've pushed aside thinking it was not good. Like as you if you don't already know, I'm a straight-edge person. I don't drink, I don't do drugs. I I never had promiscuous sex. I've only had one sexual uh partner up until recently on this trip, but that was it and which is such a surprise to some people they're like wow i can't believe it and they almost feel bad for me but then they feel excited for me that i get a chance to finally wake up and explore this whole world of beautiful sexuality with people and, and that's really what i want so anyway i found myself looking at porn and then feeling empty afterwards like you know sometimes that happens sometimes that doesn't but then i woke up the next morning and i didn't want to get out of bed i felt lonely again and so I, I looked at porn to kind of get the blood flowing and then get myself out of bed. And then I just felt really sad, even, even worse. Like, ugh, you know, I'm so, why do I feel so lonely all of a sudden? So I need to connect with someone. And I, and I, and I took off, I left Columbus and I headed towards, um, towards Asheville, which is where I'm at now. And 
I sat with that feeling of loneliness. I didn't try to shut it down or numb it or get rid of it. I'm like, okay, what are you trying to tell me, loneliness? What is it? This empty feeling. What are you trying to tell me? I really got a strong realization there that the solution lies inside the loneliness itself. It, the solution is the loneliness, to feel lonely, to feel alone, and to then get through that and feel okay with it, to know that I can feel lonely and alone and not die and, and be okay. I think that is extremely healing for me to, to have had that realization. So, and I talked to myself and I gave, and I loved myself and gave myself the love that I been want, that I actually crave, the attention that I crave, I just gave it to myself. I, I was, I didn't distract myself with another audiobook or until I felt ready to listen to an audiobook. But for a while, for an hour or two in the car, I just was quiet by myself. And yeah, I had that realization. So it's just another step along the way. Um, and, and I also think that watching porn actually makes you more lonely, like lonelier than you were when you started. I think anybody who watches that, can relate probably um so yeah ultimately it, you feel empty and that's why you engage in it because you feel empty and it's like just a sugar rush you know you you eat junk food because you're feeling sad and lonely and you just want to comfort yourself and that's exactly what it, what it was for me and intellectually i know that it's not going to work but it's it's a habit and I think until I own my sexuality and become sexual with other people in a healing way that I'm not judged and it's actually fulfilling, then I think I'll, I'll see the porn habit subside. But it's really impossible to do it the other way around. It's not healing your sexuality and trying to trying to discipline yourself away from watching porn is is super hard. I've tried that, and I will go I'll go a month without watching it, and then I'll go like a few weeks and I'll watch it a lot and then I'll go a month without watching it and then I'll binge on it. It's just like, it's an up and down thing. Anyone who's tried to quit a bad habit like smoking or drinking, I'm sure you could relate to. So just want to be candid with you and talk about that. And finally, I'm here in Asheville and I've already, I've already learned a lot here in Asheville. It's actually been so incredible too. So I, I'm at this Airbnb, this woman named Alexandra. She's a, I, I liked her profile on Airbnb. She's an energy healer. She's a, um, a hypnotherapist, and she's also an uh, an archery expert. <laughs> so I got to watch her shoot arrows into a target last night, and we, as we talked about uh, masculine and feminine energies and relationships and energy and healing and, you know, all sorts of great stuff. So, so it's like it was cool to share that experience. And then we ended up talking, and the thing that topic was on my mind was sexuality and porn and repression and awakening. And so we started talking about that, and she asked me if I've ever gotten interested in tan in tantra and so tantra is like a spiritual sexual practice you know to kind of combine your spirit your heart and your sexuality and i had heard about it but i never really thought i fit in or i didn't i didn't know too much about it and here's an interesting thing this is not the first time somebody's mentioned tantra to me krista mentioned it to me she's like you totally got to get into this she like recommended we're like in a new age bookstore and she pulls out a book for me and it's a tantra book and it's like, okay, cool, cool. I keep noticing this stuff. So as I was walking through Asheville, before I got checked into my Airbnb, I had the word Tantra in my mind. And I'm like looking around, looking around. Maybe I'll see a book. Maybe I'll see a, a flyer or something for a Tantra workshop or something like that. I'm like, maybe if I can connect in a workshop setting where I can talk about my sexuality and talk about my wounds and stuff that I've experienced, you know, my sexual shame. And 
talk about my goals with it. Where do I want to go? I really want to have sacred union and, and be able to experience sexuality and emotion and spirituality and heart all at once and have this magnificent, uh, fulfilling experience. And I get to my Airbnb and we talk with, I talk with my host and eventually that comes out that she knows her, her girlfriend is actually a sky dancing tantra instructor. And she studied under a woman named Margot Anand. And she really recommended her as a really authentic teacher of tantra and, and, um, sexual spirituality. And so, yeah, I, I watched her videos a lot last night and she's so, Margot's like so cool. She's like super down to earth. She's this older woman. She's so alive. She's in her body. She's beautiful and she's super authentic and grounded. And, you know, one thing that you can kind of encounter if you try to access the Tantra scene in your neighborhood or in your city, it's like you never know really what you're going to get. There's some people that practice Tantra, like, sort of casually, where they're like, yeah, I'm into Tantra, like, it's like this cool hipster thing to do, and sex, and, but, like, I have hardly any sexual experience to begin with, so it's like, I can really get taken advantage of, but I want to have meaningful sexual experiences, and in a healthy way, and I believe that um, I was getting really solid recommendations, so I'm, I'm, I'm considering taking a class or a course from Margo, or from um, they recommended an, another school in Connecticut. These two teachers that are that are that she's met that are really inspiring and really awesome. They have a website called EcstaticMarriage.com, and it's for singles and couples alike or whatever. But they practice the sky dancing tantra practice, and it's like the first thing that you do is you is you understand what sexuality is, and and you get over your sexual wounds from your past, so you don't carry in this baggage that a lot of people do you don't so you don't jump straight to sexual positions that are supposed to cultivate energy or any of this stuff you you get over your your sexual wounds it comes out in a loving and healing space and that's what i'm looking for so yeah great conversations and then last night uh my friend simran simran raj from austin like texted me in the middle of the night after i woke up from this really crazy dream and she was she's dealing with her own spiritual growth and her own vulnerabilities and stuff and we we relate on a deep level and so we talked on the phone last night we talked for for three and a half hours up until five thirty or six in the morning and it's like wow this is a really meaningful person in my life like i adore what she's all about and she's an inspiring person for me too and it's and for me i love that chance to be present for somebody and share my own feelings. She was the first, she was one of the first people I could talk to openly about sexuality, sexual wounds, um, talk about porn, public, talk about porn with a woman without being judged. And she was one of the, yeah, she really helped me. It was such a healing conversation. And, and also on her end too, she was saying thank you for the healing conversation that we had with her own wounds and her own issues that she's dealing with. Super awesome. And, I think there's going to be more of that to come. And, and yeah, that's all I've got in this podcast. So what are my takeaways? Well, not afraid of love, that's for sure. I'm going to surrender to love itself and let it guide me to wherever it needs to take me and to the people I need to meet, to the places I need to go. It's going to guide me where I need to go. So that's what I'm doing. I'm following my heart and my curiosity and my inspiration. And it leads me into scary places that are sometimes uh, uncharted territory or into, into people that are that I that are new and inspiring, kind of intimidating, but at the same time, um, deep and spiritual, and we're connected. So I, 
I find some I find meaning in that and, and I trust that love's gonna not steer me wrong. And I just gotta be able to discern between love and some sort of you know, misaligned <clears throat> interest or something like that. I'm not quite sure. And it doesn't really matter. I just feel like I'm gonna learn what I need to learn no matter what. I'm gonna pursue my purpose and fulfill it no matter what. I don't really have to think about it. It's just gonna happen. As long as I surrender to it and allow it to happen through me, it's gonna happen and I'll be it's going to bring me a lot of joy and fulfillment and that's what matters to me. So I'm here in Nashville for for one more day and then I'm driving up to <clears throat> Virginia for the five day OBE intensive workshop with William Buhlman, one of my favorite out of body slash astral projection teachers. And then my next podcast I'll get to tell you all about that. So stay tuned. Um, thank you for um, subscribing and listening to this episode of the Maker Mistaker podcast. It's been a pleasure to share my heart with you and my vulnerabilities and my realness. This is how it is. And I apologize in, in advance. <laughs> I apologize if I mention anyone's names and, and, and you are triggered if you listen to this and you hear me talk about something that you didn't know I was thinking and now you know. I just have to say it. I, I apologize and I trust that we can communicate together and you know heal whatever that it is that's triggering triggering us so yeah that's it thanks for listening guys um see you on the next episode bye